Okay, it's time to commit. 2024 is the year for prioritizing yourself. Begin your new smile journey with Byte, and you could start seeing results in just two to three weeks. Just order your at-home impression kit today for only $14.95 at Byte.com. Byte Clear Aligners are doctor-directed and delivered to your door. Treatment costs thousands less than braces. Plus, they offer financing options, accept eligible insurance, and you can pay with your HSA, FSA. Get 80% off your impression kit when you use code WONDERY at Byte.com. That's B-Y-T-E dot com. Start your confidence journey today with Byte. Hey, right, y'all can, ready to go? Can, can oh, I ask oh. a quick question just at the first? And I you don't know. You can always ask a quick question. Why do they, where did we get dropping a dime where did assist or like a really good pass become a dime well i think it's because it's like it's a 10 you know like a 10 is really it's a 10 out of 10 it's like yeah 10 out of 10 like it's a 10 so that's a dime that's but now i kind of want to look up where i don't i don't know why is daniel jones danny dimes danny dimes because he's because it's an alliteration a little well and he he drops and he drops dimes it's and he drops tens 10 cent passes is that what you're saying passes not 10 cents i think it's just supposed to be a 10 like so it's like like bo derrick it's like a girl that's a 10 the same way you would say where a bunch of dimes a really pretty girl is a 10 but I've never called a really pretty girl a dime. Ooh, she a dime. I've never done that. Yeah, well, then you haven't listened to very many rap songs because Obviously. like that's like a chorus in some rap songs. Like, she's a dime. That's top of the line. Cute face, little waist with a big behind. <laughs> okay. Obviously. Obviously. <laughs> okay. Obviously. Cute see. face, little DJ. waist with a big behind. I wonder if this makes it into the end of the, the pod now. Bump. No, I really didn't know that. So dime is like a like a little shoddy, like a little shoddy. Yeah, like shoddy a dime, shoddy a dime. Okay, okay. But I think a dime. I don't think we have to be sexist here. A dime can be either either gender. I don't think it specific. Just usually for the males that are into the female variation it's usually just categorized for females so is danny dimes a dime because he's good looking or is he well no because he looks very similar to eli manning and i would not call that good looking so he's dropping down it's it's just because he's dropping down so let's see i'm I'm looking at something to see if it talks about i think it's just explaining what a dime is i don't know if it'll say the origin i like that line what is it pretty face a little waist a big cute face (laughs) just like that Cute face, little waist with a big behind. She a dime. I'm looking for a dime. That, Who is, is that? That's somebody. Is that Sir Mix a lot? Baby got back. <laughs> now I got to figure out what's on the news. Now Sir Mix a lot's a great big round thing hey, in my face. Ying Yang Twins feature Mike Let's Jones. I thought it was a Mike Jones. Jones. Mike Jones. I got to listen to a little Mike Jones. Cute face, slim waist with a big behind. <laughs> Um, let's see. The origin of a basketball assist being called dime isn't readily known. There are a variety of theories, but the most com- common assumption is that it came from earlier times when payphones were available across the U.S. When payphones were most popular, it cost a dime to make a phone call. If one needed to make a phone call, it was common for that person to ask, "Does anyone have a dime?" In this sense, dropping a dime or giving someone a dime was assisting someone ah. to make a phone call. Most people believe this phrase ended up transferring over to the NBA and basketball as helping a teammate make a basket and assist till you drop a dime. So I might have been completely off. Maybe it's a combination of the two. Hmm. <laughs>
of the Just Press Play podcast. Week 6 of the NFL is in the books. We are missing LJ, which I don't know if he's just been celebrating a, bunch, a couple Broncos wins. We might have crossed him off a little too early, but we'll get to that in a minute. We are joined, though, by Uncle Tony. Took a little hiatus from the pod, but he is back, ready to drop some takes on us. And Pops is here, as always. What's going on, guys? Oh, it's What's all good. Up? What's up? We got are a, I got here a pocket and- full of dimes ready to drop them on y'all. Here we go. <laughs> <laughs> there we go. Um... I do want to real quick before we get started talk about some of our friends. I I don't know about you guys, but for me, a game is speaking of dimes. It's just ten times more exciting when I'm putting my money on it. Sometimes I have a gut feeling about a matchup. Sometimes I'm just betting on my team because they're my team, which for the Razorbacks and Cowboys have not been good for me in the past few weeks. Regardless of whether you're whether you've been betting for years or whether you're ready to play for the first time, my bookie is your best bet for this season. If you're the kind of guy who likes to bet on bet a little and win a lot, try Parlay, for instance. If you like a couple of big favorites this week, Parlays are perfect because they let you bet multiple games together for a much bigger payout. I believe Uncle Tony might talk about a Parlay from this previous weekend a little later in the pod. But if you really want a sports team this season, then don't just sit on the sidelines. Get in the game with MyBookie.ag. And if you join right now, MyBookie is trying to help out listeners of the Just Press Play podcast. They will double your first deposit. All you have to do is use the promo code CHAIR to activate the offer. Get That's out of town. Code. They're going to double I'm it. I'm telling you, double get out of here. Double it. Double it. Double it. Play it for free. Two times. Two times. They're going to double like a double your dime. Offer. That's like dropping a double dime. <laughs> like what's better than cheeseburger? A double cheeseburger. What's better than your deposit? Double in your deposit. And all you got to do right now is put in the promo code CHAIR. That's C-H-A-I-R. When you go over to mybookie.ag, you play, you win, you, you get, get paid. paid. Hey. Before we dive into the NFL, do y'all want a fun fact? I love sure. fun facts. Please fun drop facts. it. Have you guys ever heard of the highest court in the land? Like the, the Supreme, Supreme, court? Supreme Court? Yeah, but I'm talking basketball courts. Have you ever heard of the highest court in the land when it comes to basketball courts? Like, you mean the Denver Nuggets? Yeah, the, the Denver, Denver Nuggets. Nuggets. That's what I'm thinking of. <laughs> <laughs> no. So you guys are right. It has something to do with Supreme Court. But did you guys know that the fifth floor of the United States Supreme Court building, there's a gym located and there's actually a basketball court there. And it's named the highest court in the land because it's literally a court above the highest court in the land. <laughs> well, I'll you guys know this? be damn. No. I did not know that. And they actually have to have signs up that make sure people won't play on the court during court while court is in session because <laughs> they don't want it to interfere in court. So if you ever if if you ever find yourself in Supreme Court, I don't think any of us should find us there, ourselves there because we're not lawyers. So that means we're in, in there for the, a wrong reason. But if you're ever in the in Supreme Court and you hear some squeaking, that might be because the highest court in the land is currently. So, a, a game are you saying can court. I sneak in there and get ups and start dropping dimes with some Supreme Court justices? Well, 
Uh, you, it's going to be hard, I think, to sneak into the Supreme Court. Yeah, and it's like right, true. Like that's like you, there's I, also there like should Barack be some Obama, security. I think, had a court at the White House, but I don't think you could right. sneak into the White House. So I think in Lifford's case, he's probably got a better chance of getting in to play on the court than he has of getting up on the court. <laughs> now, so now I did I'm read sure it. Doesn't that. seem like very many of the justices still play on the court, but oh. there are people that will play. The people that work there, and, and there's a gym where hey, people can do a little, hey, you know, get on the elliptical. Oh man, Ruth Bader Ginsburg, man, she will take you to the hole now. You think she's I small, bet. man? All of a sudden, I would think she I would hang around Rob. downtown. I think Ruth Bader oh, Ginsburg man. would be think, from downtown. You think Money. she's that player in the pickup game where like, oh. you know she? You should be able to guard her, but every time she somehow yeah. ends up open on three point line, every time she shoots, you're like, God dang yeah. it, there it goes again. It's like skins versus blouses, man. You don't want to play Prince. <laughs> I bet I RBG. bet when people opened up this week's edition of the Just Press Play Pod, they were thinking, I wonder what's what justices are gonna get dropped in the first five minutes. RBG. And here we are. I wonder if you could That's bet that on my bookie. Pump. That would be interesting. Uh, uh, well, you, my bookie's full full of different different prop bets you can do. I don't know if they have any no. yet for the Just Press Play Pod, but you never know. My Scalia was for, a punk, man. Yeah. I can back Scalia saying. up. Scalia. <laughs> Not too down on him, man. He was terrible. <laughs> so we are recording this pod as of tuesday october 15th and it's 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 funny that we find ourselves with uncle tony here on the pod because i wanted to it's funny the way the nfl season and specifically being a cowboys fan has a way of doing mm. deja vu i mm. went back in the just first play archives and a, a, a our pod from a year ago it's not a year ago today but it was about it was the same time frame october 12th of 2018, <laughs> we recorded a pod where we talked about how Jason Garrett was outcoached by a coach that we thought was nowhere near as good. It was Bill O'Brien and the Texans lost in overtime, and we were saying it's time to fire Jason Garrett. Well, fast forward, <laughs> October 15, 2019, Adam Gase, a coach that we feel is not—I don't know—I don't want to speak for everybody—a coach that I feel is not a competent head coach. He's more known for his weird eyes than he is as being a head coach. And a, a team that a team that was zero and four and a winless, just awful looking group has now went on beat the Cowboys. So, is it time, Jason Garrett? Does he need to be fired? I think I know the answer to this. Tone, right. here's I know a, I know you're a big Jason Garrett supporter, so I want to start. Yeah. <laughs> oh boy. No. Um, yeah. I think I, I think the moratorium on the naked pictures that Jason Garrett has of the Jones family he has, has to. He has to have something <laughs> uh, right has uh, expired. So, so the rumor I've heard uh, from some people that might have oh word on the streets. This is it. The Eagles game is the deal. Uh, and I will say this: there's not many situations where your seventh game of the season is a make it or break it. But if they they can't beat the Eagles this weekend, they're in trouble because uh, there's not an NFC East team going to make the playoffs as a wild card with what the NFC North and the NFC South is doing. And for that, the NFC West. Uh, the NFC so, is actually really deep. I think they're going to be good wild card yeah, teams in the NFC. Yeah, so. And they're I not coming is, out of the NFC East. Maybe like it, yeah. <laughs> and Jerry Jones came out and said some really nice things about Jason Garrett today. But the thing he didn't say is, he's our coach. He just started by, he's a really good coach. He can do this. He can do that. He's a really good coach. He didn't say, he's our coach. And normal, that's that's a little different. So I think, I think time is starting to expire on Jason Garrett. And he absolutely got out coached this weekend by Adam Gay. It was just terrible. Now, I will say this. Their offensive line is hurt. It's banged up. And Elliott had a pretty decent day. Uh, got his 100 and got a, yep. got a tee. But there's just some terrible. When you're 
when you're scoring 42, 52, 62-yard field goals, getting down there and not getting in, it was terrible, terrible. I, I, I had money on the Jets. I felt confident in that. So me and the two guys behind me in Bally Sportsbook, we were hooting and hollering. But, you know, just a terrible display of coaching this well, weekend. And I think that's that a good call ready. by you to, to at least call the Jets to cover because I, I – I think we figured out. I'm not saying Sam Darnold's great, but Sam Darnold, there's still some serious potential there. And mm-hmm. I, I thought they would play the Cowboys decent. I sure didn't think they would be up at some point. What was it, 21 to three at one point? 21 to three. And that was yeah. oh, it was terrible. Um, I, we last week we called BS when we heard it, and that was when uh, Paul Allen was talking about the Redskins, and he said that it's a great culture. And Jerry Jones said today <laughs> on Tuesday that Jason Garrett would be very sought after on the open market if he was out there right now. Oh shit. Um, Pops, we'll go over to you. I guess I'm, uh, you may have already kind of uh, gave a hint at what your answer would be, but do you agree with uh, Mr. Jones? No. Well, no, I don't agree with him. I don't think he would be very sought after, but I, I, I'm going to have to disagree with Uncle Tony. I, I don't think this, the, the Eagles game is the make or break for Jason Garrett. I don't, I don't see Garrett getting fired during the year. I just don't see it happening because – you, the Cowboys are a contender. Now that can change as we keep going. If that, I mean, if they lose to the Eagles, they're just what I guess two games, two games down. Shout out, shout out to, shout out to, yeah. Somehow no. they're still top, they're is actually one top, game. Top, I guess they're, they're just they're yeah. a top. They're at the top of the NFC East technically right now because they, they are now. I'm saying games, if they lose to the Eagles, they would be. They're still just the, one game just out of one first. game. I didn't game know out, they won. But they, they won't have the tiebreaker. But yeah, they won't have the time. But I just don't think you fire a coach in the middle of the season. I just, I, I just don't see Jones doing it. He didn't renew his contract for a reason. I think he's very he's in likely the final gone. year. I think, I think yeah. he's very likely gone at the end of this year, especially if we don't make the playoffs. And I say we, you know, the Cowboys don't make the playoffs. But no, I don't see him getting fired. But if he does, I don't think there's going to be people lined up to hire him either. So that's my opinion well, on the subject. So I, I did see Calvin Watkins, who covers the Cowboys for ESPN, has been covering him forever. He was reporting from the locker room after the game and said that Jerry Jones looked shaken after the game. And that was a tough loss for Jerry Jones and the Cowboys to have after uh, – in New York, 0-4, like this was this was your typical get-right game. Mm-hmm. They lost a couple of tough ones to some good teams, and this was your typical let's get right before we go to Philly. And I don't know if they overlooked New York by looking to the Philly game, but – it's just tough to lose this game against the Jets. And I was, it just, once again, even Tony Romo had a, a little, it almost sounded like he was making fun of Garrett. I couldn't tell, but there was like at one point in the third quarter when the Cowboys, all of a sudden, I remember, of course, we were anointing, uh, we were, there might be some people guilty of this on the pod, but we were anointing Kellen Moore as this great young OC <laughs> and Dak Prescott as looking like a, a new quarterback. Guilty. And guilty. things have come back down to earth. Things have come back down to earth, which, it's not all that surprising looking back hindsight being 2020, but we're back to this. Instead of these play action, throwing it deep on first down, it looks like we're right back into this Jason Garrett offense where we're just going to run it up the middle first down every time, and we're just getting predictable. And Garrett, Romo even said it at one point mid, midway through the third quarter, said this this uh, offense has a lot of footprints that that just scream Garrett to me. And I think that was his way of like dissing Jason Garrett, who was his coach yeah. for a long time. Mm, yeah. I, yeah I, and then late in the game – there was that. I'm sure you may have seen it by now. There's that viral clip going around on Twitter where he was trying to high five some of the defensive guys after they got a stop, and literally not one player high fived him. I think he's lost the locker room. And then the whole thing about in the fourth quarter where he burned the timeout, 
They're on the eight yard line. They have three timeouts. They're going into try to, they're down by eight. So they have to get a touchdown and the two point conversion. And he burns a timeout instead of spiking it on first down. When you need, at that point, you have to save all three timeouts because if you don't get the two point conversion, you need to at least have a prayer coming back. And by burning that timeout, they only had two and they didn't even have a shot once they didn't get the two point conversion. It was over. And I, I, yeah, so he just gets out coached. He gets out coached consistently. And this, what is the most frustrating, I guess, as a Cowboys fan, I think if you're Jerry Jones, They've actually done, and we've talked about this on the pod, they've done a great job of acquiring talent and drafting talent. There's, they're riddled with talent all over on the defensive side of the ball, on the offensive side of the ball. Now, Amari Cooper got hurt, so they're losing oh, their t- number one target. The tackles were hurt, but still, they're way more talented than that New York Jets team. Yeah. Way it's, more talented. Yeah, and, just, and so, yeah. The two things for me, here are the two things. And so, I'll let me say this, and then I'll start the rumor mill, because here's what I've heard. But, um, <clears throat> uh I said this last year on the podcast, and it may have been after that that game in October last year. They are not tough. Jason Garrett is not tough. He's just not. They play soft. In that kind of game against an 0-4 team, you go in there and you punch those sons of bitches in the mouth and you get ready to there play some football. And they didn't do it. They let the Jets come out and punch them in the mouth. And it was just ridiculous. So Amari Cooper hurt his feelings, has to come out of the game. I don't know what else he's going <laughs> to have next week. I think he hurt week. his thigh. I think he got you like know? a deep quad contusion. As, <laughs> as, as our good I, It's funny. As our good it's buddy funny. Jim I don't know if Tony would be walking with that deep contusion yeah. in his quad. <laughs> as, our good, as our good buddy Jim would say, I think his taint got hurt. And so he's on the sidelines. And so, But something's always hurt. And so you shouldn't have gone and got him after week four last year because this is what happens. And Whoa, it's just Amari Cooper's tough. been fantastic ever since yeah. that trade. Where is he now? That's all I'm I saying is pump the brakes. He's coming is, off a 200 yard game last week. Yeah, yeah. but where this was is the guy that thinks Bosa him. sucks too. By the way, yeah, yeah, we might touch on we that. Touch on that. I'll, I'll say that Bosa sucks over the course of the year because he's never anyway. Okay, okay, that's another <laughs> subject. Anyway, I just think Amari <laughs> Cooper is not that tough guy who goes out. Julio Jones goes out and plays every single game, right? And he's got an ankle. He's got a foot. He's got an elbow. But by God, he's playing. Amari Cooper gets a contusion, and it may be a bad deal, but this just happens. He doesn't go out to play. And that's the way the Cowboys are. They don't go out to play. Looking for the excuse. I think you're misdirected on Amari Cooper. You're right. Somebody needs to be tough. You're right. And it's not Jason Garrett. Somebody needs to be tough. And and yeah. be a badass, and it's it's it needs to start with the head coach, and it's not absolutely. That's what yeah. I'm saying. You got to be tough. So here's your rumor, though. All right. So okay. they fire um, Gruden. The Redskins fire Gruden. Black came out, and and you've heard him say before. He thinks Jason Garrett and um, our good buddy in Pittsburgh. Um, I'll let Mike Tomlin. Mike or? Tomlin is okay, very okay. enamored by Dan Snyder. So here's here's the rumor. I think that the Cowboys fire Garrett next week after losing to the Eagles to put pressure on Washington to hire him so that the Cowboys can go get Tomlin after the season. What Washington's going to hire Garrett? What? Yeah, yes. Washington's going to hire Jason Garrett? Yes. Watch it. Don't think it'll like, How? Watch it. Is this – what number of Manhattans are you on yeah. right now? <laughs> How many have you had, Tony? One, at, one and a quarter. This is a double. I mean, <laughs> Dan Snyder is – Kind of idiotic, but I now, can't. Now, mm. I, there's nothing. And there, I said I, there, I will never say Dan Snyder. I'm never going to cross anything out when it comes to Dan true. Snyder because he's capable of anything. Okay. And y'all, but I don't. 
And if Mike Tomlin were to somehow be ready to leave Pittsburgh for whatever reason, I, I've been among, been among the most. I think Dad's always been a Tomlin fan. I have. He's never had a losing season. They're always in the playoffs. I would take Tomlin. Now, again, I also will disagree with you on the Cooper thing, but we don't have to get too deep into yeah, that because he has been playing. He has been playing through plantar fasciitis all year, I believe. So there, Dude, there's that. I played through plantar but, fasciitis. Come on. But you're to your point. To your point. If I don't think Gary, I I probably would bet Garrett coaches through the end of the year. Because like Dad said, he's on the final year of his deal, and I don't okay. know what good firing him now, unless you want to see what the defensive coordinator, what Martin is as a as an interim coach, possibly. But if he loses to Philly, the the problem with what they've done the past three weeks and then losing to a team like the Jets, now you're three and three. If you lose to Philly, you're three and four. If you're going to fire a coach, the best time is before a bye, which they have a bye the next week, so they have time for the new interim guy to implement a system. But what they have is all of a sudden Philly starts getting those easy guys coming up, and they're going to start stacking some wins up. The Cowboys. They get the Giants after the bye, but then they go Vikings, at Lions, at Patriots, the Bills, at the Bears when it's going to start getting cold, the Rams, who's still talented, just got Jalen Ramsey, at the Eagles. <laughs> I mean, they got that's a tough schedule. Like it's, I don't see a. I mean, they're going to win some of those, but I don't see a bunch of wins piling up no. unless something turns around drastically right now. This is it. They there's no way they go more than 500 the rest of the year. Even with the Giants, we've seen the Giants play pretty good now with Danny Dimes. And so, you know, I, they are no lock for 500. And so I, that's why I think this this game, if they don't get to four and three to have the tiebreaker with the Eagles, they don't make the playoffs. And they know they're not going to win out to get the playoffs and they make the move. So, And, and I'll say this, and I've said this before, I, the Cowboys have been training Jason Garrett. And that's that's just been so – what's frustrated me so much, they – for Jason Garrett to be a great head coach, he has to get away from the Cowboys. We've been training him. They've been teaching him. They've been taking all these lumps. He's learned all he needs to learn, but he hadn't learned that one big lesson. You get fired if you're not successful. He doesn't have the fire. He's not tough. The Cowboys fire Jason Garrett. He says, oh, shit, I guess I've got to perform. He goes perform. The next team Jason Garrett coaches, he'll be a good coach. That's he'll be better. Prediction. You want to – you want to know something interesting? So I know, and I'm with you, it does seem like the Cowboys are off and soft, but I've actually, and, and we'll get off Cowboys. I know we're spending way too much time on the Cowboys, <laughs> but I was actually reading. So, and I know Des Bryant's not a big, he Des Bryant was uh, very vocal on Twitter. A bunch of ex-Cowboys were, ex-Garrett. And some of them were former receivers, Terrell Owens <laughs> and Des Bryant. So take it for what it's worth. But Des Bryant said, do y'all want to finally know what's, what's really wrong with Jason Garrett? And he said, what the Cowboys do is, they actually, as, as you wouldn't think it, because I think Jason Garrett does seem kind of soft, but they practice really hard during the week. And Des Bryant claims that they don't let their injured guys get healthy. So guys who are kind of banged up with injuries, they don't let them get healthy. And well, but hear me out. And then I listened to a podcast with Chris Long on it, and he said a couple of players he knows that's on the on the team said that the same thing. And if you watch that game, it does look like one team is fresh and one team is either not ready to go or banged up or something. So one team looks below 100%, and that looks like the Cowboys. I wonder if there's something to it. Like At times, there is times where you got to amp up practice, but when guys are hurt, that doesn't mean you need to run them into the ground when the games don't count. Sometimes you need to save your save your guys. I don't know. Sounds like a, It's just the word on the street. That sounds like a real good excuse for this week. Let's figure out what next week's excuse will be. But they're still going to lose. What's going to happen? Actually, we did this. We did this last year. We did this last year. It's the never-ending cycle that is Jason Garrett and the Cowboys. That's how you're not tough. They'll roll off. They'll roll off six wins in a row coming up against some of these tough tens, tough teams somehow, 
probably make uh, the playoffs. And it's just like last year. That was fun. It was fun last year when Amari Cooper got there and they went on that run where they won eight of the final nine games and went to the playoffs and all that. But we knew that we're like, crap, this means another year of Jason Garrett. We know he's not a Super Bowl winning coach. I just don't think it'll happen. Yeah. But that's neither here nor there. Let's go on to some other teams that are struggling. (laughs) What about the teams? What about the teams over in L.A. who just never get to play any home games? I don't know if you saw uh, saw the the out the, the the fans in both of the Rams and Chargers game. Both of them had home game in L.A., but it sure didn't look didn't like, look like it. it. Yeah. Um, I don't know who. Let's who do we want to go on first? We want to talk about the Rams or Chargers first? Now, how about I ask you this, Dad? Should tell who, who you something. <laughs> we'll, we'll start. We'll start with the Rams because the big news as of recording this is they just acquired. They traded Marcus Peters and acquired Jalen Ramsey. Boy, what so, an upgrade there! Wow. So (laughs) I was wondering when the news first broke this morning or earlier today that they traded Marcus Peters, I was like, what in the world is going on? They have to have something going on because they just put a keep to leave on IR and then trade Marcus Peters. Like, what are you doing? So it's not all that surprising. They did trade, I think, what was it, two first-round picks in the next two drafts and a a second? And a fourth. And a fourth, okay. But they got something, right, from Baltimore. They got something from from in the Peters trade. They got Kenny Young. They didn't get a first round. They didn't get a draft pick. They did, but it was like a, a fourth okay. or something. Nothing okay. crazy. Which that trade basically for Peters. Peters on the last year of his rookie deal, he makes some plays every now and then, but he misses He's just about as many as he makes. He's one of those boomer busts. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. And so basically they knew they weren't going to pay him the big money that he's he's one of those corners who makes just enough big plays where he's probably going to get a big contract, but you know he's going to miss just as many of those big plays. I don't plays want him on my team. I think something. that was a good I don't want Peters on my team because Mark he's just so too inconsistent. Smart move. Yeah, I think yeah, so. I and now they just got maybe the best corner in football. Yep. Uh, what do you think? I mean, that's a tough. The, the the Rams are in a tough spot. Are they? Are you get? Are you out on the Rams yet? Are you still holding on hope? What do you think, pops? Because they're starting to lose I, some games. And I am NFC not West. out of them. Out on them at all. Now they they got a tough road to hoe because they got. I, I'm telling you, we got to talk about San Francisco at some point. They are those son of a guns are tough, and especially that they're Nick Bosa. Playing. He is he is really looking good. He looked good the last two games I've seen. Yeah, but no doubt. Um, no and doubt. and then you got Seattle with Russell Wilson, who uh, who may be the MVP. Maybe right the now. MVP. Christian McCaffrey might have something to say with that about that before the end yeah. of the year. Uh, uh, as Mahomes, although his last two games he sure, certainly hasn't looked like it. Deshaun Watson. Uh, Deshaun Watson. Yeah, well, certainly. I, I, yeah. I kind of want to get an yeah, MVP yeah, talk, yeah, but let's yeah, table yeah. that for so a second. So I know I'm not talking about the Rams, but I, I wouldn't give up on the Rams yet. I think McVeigh. Uh, is still a hell of a coach. I think he's out there. They've seen some of his stuff. I don't. I still think golf is okay. He's just not getting the protection that that left tackle Whitworth uh, uh, is. Whitwell, Whitwell. Whitworth, well, he had his hands uh, full with a with a great le- uh, defense. Well, he did, yeah. but but uh, he's getting a little <laughs> long in the tooth, and he is not getting better at this stage of his career. Um, you know, you had Marcus Peters, who was boomer bust, like you said. Uh, Talib is out. Uh, I do think you know, and Dominican Sue not being there has is is I, I'm not sure he's just the biggest stud that he once was, but him next to Aaron Donald made a difference, uh, and him not being there. So so there's a lot of things that have changed, and I know the Rams have been particularly healthy in the last couple of years under McVeigh, and they're not so much now. So I'm not giving up on the Rams yet. As a matter of fact, if we talk about that other LA team, they're one of my playoffs. Possibly. Questions. Yeah. I'm not they're, ready to do it yet, maybe. but boy, they did not look good the other night. So, you're, in answer to your question, I'm not giving up on the Rams yet. Are you giving up on golf? Just no, quick, yes no, or no? No, I'm not giving up on golf. No? Okay. No. Well, 
Golf had a tough game. He did. And he went, I, I was looking at some of his stats, 13 to 24, which is 54% completion percentage for just 78 yards. And if you factor in the four sacks that he took a loss for 30 yards on, he accounted for just 38 yards on 28 dropbacks. That's 1.7 yards per dropback. That's, that's tough. I think I don't think McVeigh's like I don't think it was like oh people have figured out McVeigh and all this and I still think there's talent with golf but I think it just shows you how much better a good quarterback is when he has a stud running back behind him and Gurley he's not playing right now I, even when he is playing he's not the same guy I just think McVeigh was so good at getting Gurley the ball in different ways and making him so and, good and now that he doesn't and have Gurley was so good at doing team. something with the ball and, right yeah because I think it's the same thing like I think Elliott and Gurley are similar players but. The way McVay schemed it, Gurley was able to really show off his talent. Whereas sometimes it looks like we don't use Elliot, the Cowboys don't use Elliot the way they should be. I wonder if just it's really taking McVay some time to figure out, all right, I, now I got to find a way to win without an MVP candidate behind my quarterback. And I, I don't know if they figured out unless Gurley gets healthy, which I don't, I don't think he with is. With the whole rumors about his arthritis, I don't know if he does get healthy. It's, it's scary. What do you think? Tony, are you out on the Rams or are you still holding on hope? No, I'm still on the Rams. I, I think the problem the Rams have right now is they are playing in, in what's arguably the toughest division, at least the top three. Seattle, the Rams. It might be the, it might be the toughest division in football. I, I mean, Arizona's yeah. starting to show up. So Yeah, they are. They're, Arizona's just but frisky enough to where, you know, yeah, they could be They're a not team. a playoff team. Sorry, and I think ahead. the NFC, see, if you look at, it's really interesting. Um, in the NFC, Almost all of those teams, other than Tampa Bay, Atlanta, and Arizona, you could say may be uh, playoff contenders. And so, and but but for the Rams particularly, here's here's what I think is that he's missing that playmaker out of the backfield. He doesn't trust Gurley yet to give him 28 to 30 touches a game. I think you you can either say, okay, I'm going to ride Gurley for 68 games, let him break down, but he's going to be my playmaker because he needs that to get going. I think what you saw this weekend, the only plus for the for the Rams this weekend was the emergence of Daryl Henderson. Uh, Daryl Henderson was definitely the better. He's got talent for sure. Back. So I think you'll start to see him be the tough fumble. Yeah, though. You'll, and that's a rookie, but you'll start to see him be that playmaker out of the backfield, and that's really what the McVay offense needs is that playmaker out of the backfield. If he can be that, then they can get back to having Gurley uh, busting busting through the tackles and and getting that out and be a twenty twenty carry. 20 carry guy because there's no doubt the Rams have probably the the most talented playmakers in football overall. And I'm not saying they have a guy, but Cooks, Woods, Cup, Gurley are and a lot of playmakers out there now. If the, even ever tied to yeah, he's okay. But I mean, he's okay. Yeah, but you he's know, not a, as your that, fifth pass catching option. He's yeah, good. he's not that playmaker. And I think if Daryl Henderson has now picked up an NFL offense, which you got to understand McVay's offense is one of the hardest ones to learn in the NFL because of all the intricacies. If he's picked up the offense, there's their new playmaker in that out of the backfield. And I could kind of see them starting to take off. The tr- problem they're going to have is they do. And, you know, picking up Jalen Ramsey gives them a better you know, last year their defense was just damn good, and and so I think picking up Ramsey gives them something. I guess thinking they're probably thinking playing Seattle with Russell Wilson and playing uh, Arizona and some of the I mean, and it gives. I don't know if they played the Saints yet or not, uh, but they've got to yeah, shut. They beat the Saints already. They've got to and Breeze went out. Okay, they've got a shut down corner. Uh, that probably helps them quite a bit. So uh, I'm definitely not out on the Rams, but. 
man, is it going to be fun to watch down the stretch in the NFC to see who those wild cards are? Because there are eight teams that could be the two wild cards, and that's just great. I just I just wonder, and and we've mentioned this before. I just I I gotta think McVeigh and the GM over there. They gotta wish they kept. They, they I hope they kept the receipt on that that golf contract because I think we're seeing golf is maybe a thirty. He's he's getting a thirty two million dollar cap hit next year, which makes him the most highest paid player in the NFL. He's not that kind of guy. He's a, he's a quarterback that can win you games with the right people around him, but he's not carrying a team. So I think they're nervous. But let's talk about the more important thing from that game, which is. The 49ers are for real. I They're still don't real. know if if Garoppolo I don't know how good he is because I think what is it he's is he 13 and 2 as an NFL starter or something? He has a really something good like record that. as an NFL yeah. starter but but this year it's that defense and we talked about it a little last week and they did it again against a good McVay. You, yeah. you at least think McVay's a good offense offensive mind and what they do up front, I know you know uh, what's his name? Is it D uh D4? D4. The other yeah. defensive end opposite mm-hmm. of Joey Kansas Bosa. City, There's yeah. a play there was a play where D Ford and Bosa both just completely ran the tackles into Jared Goff. And when you have that kind of pressure on the outsides, then they also, the past four years, they've been drafting really high, and all they've done is draft defensive linemen. It, it reminds me a little bit of when the Giants were able to make their runs a couple of times for the for Eli Manning's two Super Bowls. They were able to do it because they, they were able to defense. blitz just yep. four. They could blitz just four defensive pressure. linemen mm-hmm. and get pressure. And when you can do that, you don't have to have Jalen Ramsey back there. You need a good corner, but you don't have to have an absolute lockdown. When you're getting pressure with four, that means you got help over the top. You got help underneath. I mean, it just makes everybody that much better. And that defense is for real. And I think Kyle Shanahan, we haven't mentioned him with the likes of McVay and all that as much ever since that loss in the Super Bowl when he was with the Falcons. But to see what he did last year where they were competent offenses with whoever they put at quarterback. I mean, those guys aren't even in the NFL anymore. They were a decent offense with those guys. He's a he's a decent. I wish they would go out and get the only thing I think the 49ers are missing that one receiver. I think they're missing that one wide receiver, which I it's a it's a pipe dream. But I wish they would make a trade for AJ Green. I think that would be just perfect. That would be good for with the 49ers. I, I, yeah, Kevin, you're exactly right. I, the statement that you made. I, I think the NFL today, you can be successful if you can rush, put pressure on a quarterback with four. That's that is phenomenally the the biggest factor in football today rushing the quarterback with four and because of all the intricacies and the way that the game is called. I'm sure we'll talk about referees at some point in time tonight, but the way that game is called now, you rush with four, you can be successful, get pressure on the quarterback, be successful. Here's the thing about San Francisco, and I think you're right. I think Kyle Shanahan doesn't get the credit that he really should get. You know, he's They've been building San Francisco. You got to understand when he got that, they were really bad. Yep. I mean, they were a bad football team. We're almost like dolphin bad. Not quite dolphin bad, but pretty close to dolphin bad. They were bad. They were bad. Um, And so they are truly a tough football team. Not going to get back on that, but they are really tough at on the at the point of of the point of contact right there on that line. They are really tough. They're running. Well, what happens when you're bad for a bunch of yeah. years? You end up with a bunch of top five picks, and so whether you, whether they're great or not, they have talent. They're talent, all and over they took care roster. of that. And they can run the football, and that's honestly that's what's a bit, going on. If you can, really if you can get to the, the quarterback football. and run the football, that's yeah, success. Yeah, I, mean, I mean, you can yeah, build yeah, off that. Yep, yep. Uh, let's move over to the other LA team. I think this might be a little quicker. <laughs> uh, the Chargers look. It does not look good. Philip Rivers. I. I d- I'm not saying his career is – we talked, to, I think, at the beginning of the year which one of these older quarterbacks is going to drop off. I don't know if Rivers is quite dropping off as much as – he's not getting any time, and he's well, an old he guy. A, he can't <laughs> evade Kevin, the rush. Kevin, he had no time at None. all. 
you can't you can't win can't win with no time to pass the ball. You just can't do it. <laughs> I mean, that was their problem. I really think yeah, he yeah. just has no time to and pass the ball. That, and then they lost another. They lost the center Pouncey. They've already been without Okun. Yeah. We we O line was wor- a worry before the year, and then. This Melvin Gordon coming back doesn't seem like, if anything, it feels like Melvin Gordon just made Eckler worse. It, they've gotten worse since he's gone. Yeah, I, you know, here's here's what I think is interesting. You know you're a bad football team when you complain about your quote-unquote home stadium playing the other team's anthem. So I don't know if you all saw that, but they were playing the Steelers' yeah. anthem. They played Renegade they at, played the, start Renegade of the, at the start of the fourth quarter. And so all the Steelers fans just went ballistic. It's like, come on, man. It's so apparently the story behind that is apparently they were trying to have y'all seen the thing on YouTube where you can Rick roll somebody yeah. where you click on a video and then Rick Atsley never going to give you oh, a yeah. plays. Yeah. Like okay. About, yeah, dude. It starts like a song you like. And then all of a sudden Rick roll posts. Never like, going to give you up. <laughs> right. I know people want to hear us sing that, but so they were trying to do that since there was a lot of Steelers fans, they started Renegade and then Rick roll was going to come on. They were going to Rick roll the Steelers fans. Well, all, all it did is like Tony said, just got that crowd going and, it was crazy to see all the terrible towels in there. I mean, this is a game in L.A. across the country, and it was way more Pittsburgh's fans, the same way it was for the Rams, where it was way more 49ers fans. It's kind of a joke that that's their home home field. They never get a home game, and it does kind of suck it's a joke. for the Chargers. So here's the thing. This is what bothers me about L.A. football. You know, for 10 years, 15 years, we didn't have L.A. football. There's a reason. L.A. people don't go to football It's on not a football team. It's don't not a, go. a town. There's, it's not a football team. There's 20, there's 20 million people living within a 150-mile radius. It takes three fucking hours to get anywhere in L.A. <laughs> and so the weather's always good. Spend, They're doing something else. Okay, I think I'll go see a one-in-four football team. Or I could go to the beach. I could go to the beach. Oh, I could see a one-in-four football team. Or I could go to Vegas. I think I'll go to Vegas. I'll watch them on TV there. There's really no reason. There's just better just, stuff yeah. to do. So not only did they get one football team there, they got two. <laughs> and they stuck them in bad stadiums. The reason you'll never have a home game in the Coliseum, it holds a hundred and something thousand people. Only 50,000 people go to a game. Guess what? The other half of that stadium is the other team. And it's cheap. You're never going to have a home game in, in, in the Coliseum. And then you're in a freaking soccer stadium. That's great if you're playing soccer, but don't have thirty five thousand foot thirty five thousand people in a stadium in a in a soccer stadium. That's ridiculous. They're never so they're building a beautiful place. And maybe people in L.A. they are beautiful people. Maybe they'll go, oh, let's go to the beautiful place. Maybe that'll help them. I doubt it. Didn't help the people in New York. The Jets and the Giants still suck. They got a great new stadium, <laughs> but you know what? Good luck to you. It's just, I just, it terrible. just, yeah, Dad. What do you? I mean, I mean it sounds like you're oh, in agreement. Yeah. It just things look bleak for. Well, I think for the that Chargers. was an interesting point that Tony brought up. I mean, yeah, they, they, we, a team in LA has never worked. I mean, they've had teams in LA. There's a reason and, a team and left LA moved, in the first place. And they've, you know, the Raiders went to LA for a while and then went back to Oakland. I mean, it's just not a good football town. It's just not. And so, uh, I do like uh, uh, Rivers. Um, I don't, I'm not throwing all this on him, but there it does not look good for the LA Chargers. Does not. I, yeah, it just doesn't seem like the the fans are are ready to go to the game. But guys, do you remember the days when you were always ready to go? It's 1982, bitches. We're talking a little different. <laughs> if you're looking to increase your performance to get that extra confidence, bed and listen up. Let me tell you about our friends over at Blue Chew. That is blue, like the color. Blue Chew brings you the first chewable with the same FDA approved active ingredients as Viagra and Cialis. 
so you know it works. And the best part about them, you can take them anytime, day or night, full stomach, empty stomach, doesn't matter. And since they're chewable, they work up to twice as fast as the pill, so you can truly be ready whenever the opportunity arises. If you could benefit from some extra function and more confidence where it counts, Blue Chew is the fast and easy way to enhance your performance. Most guys talk a good game, but Blue Chew helps you follow through. Blue Chew is a prescribed online and shipped straight to your door in a discreet package, so no in-person doctor visits, no waiting in the pharmacy, and best of all, no more awkwardness. And since they're made in the USA, it prepares and ships direct. They're even cheaper than the pharmacy. And right now, we've got a special deal for all our listeners. If you visit BlueChew.com, you can get your first shipment for free, free when you use our special promo code ARMCHAIR. Just pay the $5 shipping, and the rest is free. Again, that is BlueChew, B-L-U-E. C-H-E-W.com, promo code armchair to try it free. Blue Chew is the better, cheaper, faster choice. Hey, and we thank him for sponsoring the podcast. Hey, What's you, up? Could you define discreet for me? It's, you know, it's 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 going to be like just a box. Just a normal box is going to show just up. A box. It could be, it could okay, be, it could be your air fresheners you order from Amazon, or it could be your Blue Chew. There's no telling what it is, but... <laughs> Because it's discreet. No one knows. It, it could be some fancy underwear from Fredericks or something like that. You, you want to know what's not discreet? <laughs> you want to know what's not discreet? And that is the... What's not discreet? That is the decline in the Chiefs play the past couple weeks. What is going on with the Chiefs? Let's, get, let's talk about that Chiefs-Texans games. And I know this is a big overreaction, and I'm not saying I necessarily believe in it, but is there an argument as to Mahomes and Deshaun Watson? Who would you rather have? Dad? Mahomes. Oh, sorry. No, That's, actually, I, I knew exactly I, where you were going to answer, Uncle Tony. I knew where Tony was going. You <laughs> know what? I think I think that's a tougher call than than that. I mean, Mahomes is amazing, but I, like Deshaun just flip flop him, just flip flop him. Two systems. I I take either one of them and be happy as a clam. Hey, you know what the Bears did? The Bears traded up to get Mitch Trubisky instead of either one of them. Either one of them. Yep. yep. <laughs> yes, Sorry, Bears fans. Okay, let's talk about that game though. One. Oh, that was an egregious. Well, I, do we want to get? There was an egregious call where the Chiefs got completely burned when that should have been a penalty, and then they took the flag up. But yeah. did that loss? And we—it's kind of been the theme. We there's been like a certain game each week where I kind of ask this question, and it's kind of been fun. So, Dad, I'll ask you that game. Did you learn more about the Houston Texans or more about the Kansas City Chiefs? Um, I didn't get to see the game, but reading about it, I think I learned more about the Houston Texans. Okay. I, I would say that uh, because the, the, they do have a pretty good defense. And Deshaun Watson is showing out. And DeAndre Hopkins has not really shown up and been a badass yet. And he is. So uh, they will uh, – the Texans look good. And I, if you'll remember, I said that early on. I, I thought we needed to watch Houston. The big worry was that left tackle spot. And they, and, they maybe sure that up with Tunsil. With, with Tunsil. So I, I think I learned more about the Texans. Uh, I, I will say I don't think there's like – so there's been a narrative out there that there's now like a a way, a, a script, a, a, a way to beat Mahomes and stop Mahomes. I don't think there's a way to stop Mahomes. He's still going to put up points. Some of the plays that that offense makes, that catch Tyreek Hill made, insane. He's like the littlest guy on the mm-hmm. field and went up and mm-hmm. caught it over two guys. I don't think you, there's a there's a way to stop that offense. But there is a way to keep him off the field because that team cannot stop the run. The, the Texans have not the, – the Colts are a good run team, and they've been a team that will kind of pound it. So that wasn't as shocking. The Texans, they've ran some success, but they haven't been just a huge running team. And they were able to Carlos Hyde pound it. Carlos Hyde had 100 yards, didn't I, he? I think that was more. That's why I think I learned more about the Chiefs' defense where they're the same boat. They they have a great offense, but that defense is just not very good. Tony, I mean, if the best way to keep yeah, Mahomes so, off the field or keep him from scoring is to keep him on the field. And teams have been able to do that for a couple of weeks. The time possession in that game 
was insane in the Texans' favor. Yeah, yeah, and I'll say this: I was in Las Vegas this past weekend, and that that game was right straight in front of me at Valley <laughs> Sportsbook because I was very interested in it. Both, how come? Both, Why were you interested? Uh, both, wow. both physically and financially, I was interested in that game, and um. But uh, yeah, they were in every single one of my parlays. Well, not every single one. They were in several of my parlays. So those guys cost me a little bit of money. Sorry, my bookie. I was live. I had to go out there. But uh, um, we did okay otherwise. We can talk about it later if we need to. But anyway, cost me money. They um, What I learned from that is more about how good the Texans really are. I think they might have turned the corner in a big game. Uh, and, and so you talked about the running game, and the thing that the Chiefs didn't have there was an answer to Deshaun Watson having the critical run. Every time they needed to get five yards, Deshaun Watson was able to get five yards, and I don't think the Chiefs were prepared for that. Carlos Hyde did a great job of keeping them honest and letting them be versatile. Where you've seen Deshaun Watson get plastered, this is why I would take Mahomes over Watson, is Deshaun Watson keeps continually getting plastered. You cannot get sacked five, six, seven times a game and expect to survive but the season. in the past two, you don't see, it's he two games in a row where he's not he been sacked. He didn't get sacked. That's right. So if they figure that out, that's fine. I but agree, he, yeah. If they have got him there, if if he's there, they they all of a sudden have become a, a, a – a, a uh, not only a playoff contender, but a real contender, but possibly a, a, a an NFC, an AFC championship contender uh, for 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 that reason. If he, they can keep Deshaun Watson healthy and on the field, I just don't know if they can do that. So that's that's what I learned. I will say this about the game: it's two great teams, and we've seen this a couple of times in some matchups this year uh, with some really great teams. So that uh, so that Chiefs Texans game, even though it was at Arrowhead, Kansas City should win. It came down to one particular play. And I was talking to my uh, service, Prestige Worldwide, about this. I think it came down to one particular play. Are we talking the about the rest of the first or? half? Yeah. No, no. Oh, it was at the okay, end of, okay. This is all on Andy Reid because I think Andy Reid well, has gotten somewhat conceited in that he can score from anywhere, anytime. And you've got to understand when you've got – if you lose respect for your opponent, your, your opponent is going to beat you. And I think he lost respect for the Texans at the end of that first half when you're up or tied in a ball game and it's less than a minute and you're on your own 20, you don't drop back to pass. You 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 run the ball out, you take it through, and you go in with that and say, okay, let's go get them in the second half. For him to drop back and try to pass at that particular point And that was the moment time, where they fumbled and then the, the Chiefs ended up, or Texas That's when the, the uh, Mahomes got the ball knocked out. They score, and they won by seven. Uh, to me, that was that was the critical play in the game, and I think Andy Reid's got to understand, look, I don't, I shouldn't have to try to score every single time I have the ball. I know my defense sucks, but you've got to understand can, and respect your opponent and take it in from that point. Can I, that, can I throw a counterpoint to right you? There. Absolutely. Well, part of what I feel like we praise this Chiefs team and Chiefs offense more specifically for is the fact that they can score from any spot on the field in any amount of time. I mean, I remember the Raiders game in week two where Mahomes threw, what was it, four touchdowns in the second quarter because they literally can score on any play. With all that speed they have out there, they can score on any play. So I don't know. I don't want to praise them for being able to score so fast and so often, but well, then go, I'm upset when you're aggressive. I I kind of like the aggressiveness. It didn't work out that time. Yeah. And if you know Mahomes is kind of hurt already, kind of banged up with that ankle, maybe you do go into half and just run it. But I don't want to praise him for being aggressive, but then talk shit about him for being aggressive at yeah, the same time. Yeah. 
Pops Andy Reid has a, a history. Andy Reid has a history of some boneheaded stuff. Yes, I yes, mean, he just yes. he absolutely does. He that does. is the most and understated thing since. I mean, yeah, I really am holding my tongue there a little bit. But <laughs> he has a history. So, I mean, he has got talent all over the field. But I would probably lean to to what Tony's saying, and and probably with what you said, Kevin. I mean, Mahomes is not. He's not. That ankle is Mahomes. bothering. It is that clearly. ankle is bothering. There is just no doubt bothering. about it, and. And and maybe you do just kind of you know take take that into halftime at that point. I wonder when does yeah, I the, think so. the Chiefs play the Cowboys or the Broncos this coming up week, right? And then I think yeah. do they have a bye the next the next game? Yep. So they might have a bye. What? It's a late, if, no, it's a late bye. I think. Okay, no, you're right. You're right. They don't have a bye, but they, it's Thursday, so they'll have. What if they? Is it crazy to say they maybe should rest Patrick Mahomes? No. Is it better? Is it better to have that record? And get that win against the Broncos when maybe I don't know if they can get the one without Mahomes or not. The Broncos look a lot better. But what's more important, home foot advantage or at 100% healthy Mahomes down the stretch? Because he's not 100% Mahomes right now. I I think you have to uh, try to game plan around that. I, I think this well, is well. The problem is to, they don't have a running back right now. Well, no, I I I don't know. I, this was just the Texans. Let's give credit to the Texans. I think the Agreed. Texans came in to Arrowhead and just played the game they need to play. And, mm-hmm. and they just were able to run the football and keep them off the field. And and and, and so I, I just think let's give credit to the Texans. Yeah, on that you're one. probably right. A great game. Uh, <clears throat> and great teams have sometimes gone through one or two game stretches where they just don't play as well as they could. So I think this – and, hey, credit to where credit is due. The Broncos play great at mile high. They cost me 80 bucks this weekend beating the, the uh, Titans. But I think I blame Marcus Mariota more than the Broncos. But – the thing about it is, if they can win at mile high, they're five and two. Moving back in, they get a ten day rest. I think they're back on their game, and I, I you know, I just, I, I don't think there's any reason to panic for Kansas City. I think you figure out where you're at, figure out what you've got offensively. They've got to have Travis Kelsey step up and be a superstar. Sammy Watkins is out. Sammy Watkins provides. Tyreek Hill is Tyreek Hill. We saw that. Yeah. And I think they were easing him back into it. There, Tyreek Hill is Tyreek Hill, and he'll be a great. He'll do that. But Kelsey has got to pick up his game. It's not like he's playing bad. I'm not saying he's playing bad, but, but needs he needs to be has that got guy. to say, guy. "Put me on your sh- put. Come on, guys, get on. Mahomes is feeling bad. Get on me. Let me take you home." And he hasn't done that. That's the kind of player can I throw Kelsey an interesting to stat be. to you from they that can game? Get that in there, they'll be fine. Yeah. So me. Scott Casimir on Twitter tweeted this out, and this doesn't say as much about Mahomes as it does about another quarterback, but the Chiefs have blown a fourth quarter or overtime lead in five of Patrick Mahomes' first 25 starts, which this is not unheard of. Aaron Rodgers had five in his first 14. Peyton Manning had five in his first 18. Drew Brees had five in his first 21. But then there's this other guy named Brady. Do you know how many games it took for him to get five blown fourth quarter overtime leads? He's probably not 137 there yet. starts. <laughs> oh, that guy's well, wow. That guy's good at football. Uh, this just in. He's he's got he's got something that none of those other guys did. Mr. Belichick? Belichick. Maybe some camera spot on the other team. <laughs> the greatest, right? Maybe deflated ball. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I, I couldn't yeah. help myself. Um yeah. Let's go to a more a, a lighter note or I don't know about a lighter note, but just uh, the, the 2000, what was it, 15 draft class. We might have saw the end. Both Mariota got benched in a game where, the, like Tony said, the Broncos beat him. Did you guys realize there was more punts 
in that game than there were points. The Broncos won 16 to zero and there were 17 punts in the game. So that's why wow, that was that's why Red Zone didn't show that game, game very often, if you were wondering. Holy cow. Uh, that was such a bad game. And speaking of bad and games, speaking right of bad games, of we we wanted to show London our finest, so we shipped Jameis Winston over there and he had I think he's still getting turnovers right now. Um God. Yeah, it yes, was I thought Jared nice. Goff had the worst five hundred yard game a couple weeks ago against the Buccaneers. Uh Jameis Winston just had the worst four hundred yard game I've ever seen, and there's no I don't think anything's hey. gonna come close to it. No. Hey, props to my bookie. Hey. They work in Las Vegas hotel rooms. Props to my bookie. Good job. <laughs> uh, Taking those Panthers. From that game, those quarterbacks may be done, but from that game, uh, Kyle Allen, yet another win. I don't know if there's any reason. I, I think I don't think there's any way Cam Newton's not a better quarterback when he's 100% healthy. But what if the Panthers decide to get out <laughs> from underneath that contract in this year? What if we get – this might just be a dream – I just don't understand how the Buccaneers aren't successful when they have Mike Evans and Chris Goblin. Both of them look like fantastic receivers. What if we saw Cam Newton in a Bucks jersey next year? <laughs> it's kind of interesting, isn't it? That is interesting. There will be, well, I don't know. I don't know if there'll be somebody else in a Bucks jersey uh, behind center next year or not, unless it's a rookie. Um, I, I'm, I'm not sure about that. I mean, you, you can think back when Brady went down and everybody was talking about Toby Brissett. And then everybody's talking about Jimmy Garoppolo. And and so I, I'm not really sure that Kyle Allen is is gonna be he's a you know a, a 16 game starter for the pan. He's doing what he's supposed to do. As uh Dr. Lift pointed out earlier, Christian McCaffrey is the is the leader of that team and he's the one that makes He had another couple of go. plays. He had another couple of plays in that in that game Sunday yeah. where he just he made could, a guy fall, he stiff armed a guy. I mean, he's just so fun to oh, watch. Yeah. Hey, quick you fun fact. Almost, yeah. Do y'all know who the leading receiver in the NFL is right now? Is it Christian McCaffrey? Nope. Okay. <laughs> You're about to blow him out. Chris Godwin? Chris Godwin really? is the leading oh, receiver oh, oh, in the NFL. Yeah. No, yeah. no, for yards. I just thought I, you mentioned yeah. him earlier. This, wow. This I, might be this mind. might just be a bold take, and it might just be me being happy that he's on my fantasy team. I don't know. But is Chris Godwin better than Mike Evans, or is that crazy? I think that's crazy still. He's good. He is really he's good. good. Both good. They're different. They're just That's different. what I don't understand. Jameis Winston has maybe the best two top receivers at his disposal. And OJ Howard, who apparently doesn't is it no no good. I don't know what's going on there. Oh, hey, speaking of OJ Howard, here's a rumor for you. Again, got a props out to uh, Prestige Worldwide. If you haven't gone to their website, um, but uh rumor is OJ Howard's traded to Seattle. I could see that. They just lost Will Disley. Yeah, that makes sense. Disley's yeah. out. Yeah. Yeah. Hmm. Yeah. Rumor rumor has it that Howard is headed to Seattle. Okay, which would make sense because Bruce Arians has no has no use. He's not a tight end. Tight guy. end. No, he's not. Cameron Brake caught. Did he catch two? Uh, at, at, least at least one touchdown. Come on, man. Uh, OJ, I, I I see I see Mr. Howard in. You a, mentioned in Seattle a, as we're wrapping up a little of the NFL stuff. Maybe uh, uh, you mentioned Seattle. They have an MVP candidate. We were just talking about Carolina has MVP candidate. We kind of uh, foreshadowed this earlier. Pops, I'm going to go to you. Well, we'll just give me. Uh, do I, do I want to ask your top three MVP candidates or just your MVP right now at the season end of the day? Which one do you like better? Um, I mean, three is easy. I mean, so I guess ask give me, me my give MVP, me your MVP right, right, now. right now. Christian McCaffrey. Right now, my MVP of the league is Christian McCaffrey. Right, Tony, now. your MVP right now. Christian McCaffrey. I agree with that 100%. I think it's Russell Wilson. 100%. I, I mean, I, I get that. I get, that was my next choice. Not, oh. a, not a bad choice. Oh, I thought that side was you disagreeing. No. There's just – I, I 
And then if you ask for third, I mean, Mahomes is still in in the, the I conversation. I think I so. probably put Deshaun Watson over Mahomes right now just because yeah. the Mahomes I, I, injury. What he's done for you lately. Yeah, it's it's lately. a bias. It's a recency bias. Uh, Mahomes is still. I wouldn't. I, I mentioned it earlier as overaction. I still would take Mahomes over Deshaun Watson. There's things that Mahomes does, some throws that he makes that just are unbelievable. Yeah. And yeah. let's go. I let's go a little bit of a side side of thought that Mahomes. I think he does things where there he makes really smart plays along with his arm. And one of them got negated. And we kind of mentioned off the top the officiating was abysmal. I, we talk about yeah. it every single week, but I felt like this week was even worse. There was that play where Mahomes watched Travis Kelsey get tackled. He watched the flag come out. And so, as a good quarterback would do, he was smart. He thought there's a free play. So, he chunked it deep and ended up getting intercepted. But then they called the flag off because technically it can't be pass interference if he wasn't the intended receiver, but it's still holding or something. That's got to be holding, that's right? some kind of penalty. You can't tackle a receiver. It's yeah. just, that just was dumb. And that's why I, I think I put Mahomes over there as far as really good quarterbacks. He does those things, the same thing Aaron Rodgers does where he gets a lot of free plays. Mahomes is just smart. He has the unbelievable arm, and then he has that uncanny ability to just notice things on the fly and make really quick decisions that are also the, the smart decision. And then other officiating that was terrible, Monday night, Detroit got Monday oh night. Rock. Trey Flowers, Ra- Razorback, Woo-hoo. I mean, just got, I mean, ripped. They they took the game from Detroit. They, so what do they we do? took the game away. What do we do? I, I'm – I'm not with Booger. You don't. Re- we've already seen reviewing calls doesn't work because that pass interference calls have been a joke reviewing those. So I don't think we review every penalty. <laughs> but yeah. that is ridiculous. Trey Fowler's not one, but two. He's never been called for illegal hands to the face in his career, and he's not. And he's been, been playing for a little either. while, and he got called for two that were wrong calls. I know the head went yeah. back, but you can't just look at the head go back and think yeah. automatic penalty. That was smart by Bakhtiari to kind of work that. You know, I think he worked it a little uh, well, bit. And, you know, but. he's actually – and I don't – say what you will. Some people probably won't like this, but apparently Bakhtiari came out today and said that earlier in the game he went to the ref and asked, are we not calling hands to the face? And I, then – Bakhtiari's a smart dude. But he's a smart I'm all dude. about it. I'm so, all about it. Like, that's that's gamesmanship. But if you're a ref, you can't get duped twice. You get duped once and you go, is. okay, let me make sure I don't get this yeah. happen again. And then – both of them were huge calls. Both of them were they weren't huge, like second huge. quarter, well, the second, second down. Was the ball game? Yeah, the second, second one was the was ball game. The, game. the first ball one game. may what the game might not even been a game at that point if they wouldn't have called the first one because they ended up getting the touchdown off. That was third down. They I got sacked. Karma would have been karma would have been Mason Crosby missing that field goal. That would have been <laughs> karma. And but then not even not even those bad calls, but there was the one where Marvin Jones was blatantly had pass interference, and I think Matt Patricia just didn't challenge it because he knows they won't overturn. Per- You're not going to win. So I, that was just so a joke. A, I felt so bad for Lions fans yeah. Monday night. So here's this is the rant I'll say about this. If you want to fix this, two things. And they just made a new agreement with the NFL uh, Referees Association. So they've got a brand new contract. But here's the thing. It, it, if you want to fix this, loosen up the rules. These guys have said, okay, we've got to call more holding. You guys are not calling holding. Well, all of a sudden now their margin of error has gotten smaller. So now they're calling all these hold it's just ridiculous the amount of penalties that they're 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 throwing. Loosen up the margin of error more. Make it where okay, look, it needs to be a blatant holding call. It needs to be a blatant hands to the face call. It needs to be a blatant roughing the passer call. Shoot, speaking of a bunch of penalties, the end of that Cowboys Jets game was atrocious yeah. to watch. Was almost unwatchable. So, was almost so, unwatchable. So, so to me, they're saying, okay, if you're going to tighten us up and call us on that, we're just going to call everything because our margin of error is not there. 
They have got to loosen up the margin of error and let the referees be there. Let the game be played. If guys want to be a little bit dirty and put their hands up under the rib cage and maybe smack a little bit or stick their finger down their pants, whatever, it's Whoa. fine. But, you know, you got to let them play only on the blatants where it causes a significant, a significant advantage to the person with the penalty. That's when you call it. My they issue- have gone completely overboard. The Super Bowl, the play last year with the Saints guy, it's just that's just ridiculous. What a what a it's a blatant blatant overreaction to one play. It's just ridiculous. And my they've got to with- get back and say, look, let's let's spread it out. If it affects the game, make the call. If it doesn't, let them play. Let's stop this shit. You don't have to be perfect, man. Just get it. Just make it plus or minus fifty. You know. Well, 50%. and that was the thing that whole Chiefs thing where they they marked it off and gave him the first down because they were like, yeah, that should be a penalty. Okay. And then if you notice, there's a bunch of people are conspiracy theorists. I don't think there's a conspiracy theory there. And I know this is wild come from Kevin. I don't think there was a conspiracy theory there because why would the NFL not <laughs> want the Chiefs to get a first down? I think the Chief the NFL wants the Chiefs to score, but. You saw the ref as they marked it up. Then another ref like holds his ear. There's video of him now. He's holding his ear like he maybe got a word from New York. Actually, that's not a penalty because it wasn't. It wasn't to the intended receiver. If that's the case, if New York was calling, why can't New York call down on Monday night and go, "Hey, that actually was not hands to the face. We just watched the replay. I know it looked like it. Eh. I don't know. It just. I'm with you, Tony. There's something wrong, and I, it just seems like they're calling crazy amount of penalties. I'm with Dad. The end of that Cowboys think- game was atrocious. Like I almost couldn't yeah. watch it. I'm going to tell you, I think we need to do one of two things. Either, and I, I would say have a referee upstairs that's watching the film that has the ability to call down and go, hey, I'm sorry, call, that, that wasn't hands to the face. Let's review that. Or forget instant replay at all. Forget it completely. Yeah. Let's go back like it was. Completely go back like it was. Now, that play last year with the Rams and the Saints was a travesty, and that's why I think Tony was alluding to we're completely overreacting to that now. But it's not working. That pass interference review is bullshit. It is not it's working. Bullshit. Get rid bullshit. of it. Uh, I, you know, and I saw one t- uh, team owner – that said, we got to wait till the end of the year and see how it plays out. Well, I can tell you right now through week six, it sucks. I cannot see it getting better. So I think you either get a guy in the in the booth that's watching the game and can 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 call downstairs to the uh, white hat if it's an egregiously wrong call, or get rid of it completely. I think that's the way we and need make to him go. do it in real time. Make him do it in real time. If he doesn't see that, if he doesn't see he that doesn't see replay it? and go, oh, I, if he sees it right away, he goes, hey, let's look at that again. If he doesn't, then we'll just keep playing. If he doesn't, we we because, missed it. We're going, yeah. Yeah. Look, guys, here's the thing nobody's saying. There's, it, there is a weekly meeting that the NFL has with the Referees Association. They talk about every week, hey, call this, don't call it, hey, this is thing. They could, they could have a meeting today or tomorrow and say, look, you're not calling holding unless it's blatant. You're not calling pass interference unless it's blatant. If it's, unless it affects the play, don't call it. They, they, they talk, they don't talk about it. They do it all the time. They say, we're, and you hear folks talk about it. there's an emphasis now on protecting the quarterback. That's because they talk to the referees. Just go talk to the referees. Say, look, here's your basis for making a call. This is what you need to see in order to make it. That's all they got to do. They I, I want to say one thing to that, though. You you don't know if it's going to affect the play sometimes when you see the penalty. So I don't know that you can 
not call it until you know it affects the play. You know what I'm saying? Well, I mean, yeah, I, I agree. But on Trey Flowers last night, that was egregiously he wrong. And waited, waited. Now, if all of a sudden Trey Flowers drives Aaron Rodgers into the uh, frozen, I think you're getting down a, si- a, a slippery slope, though. If you're waiting then to see the can, outcome of the play, whether yeah, you're going to call yeah, it. Yeah, I just but don't still, think you can do that. I don't think uh, you can do that. I don't know. I think you can set those rules. Say, hey. Widen, widen your error of margin to make sure that's a penalty before you do. Because they're whole, they're calling holding calls in the middle of the line. They're just stupid. It's just stupid. And anyway, I'm all off. Right. I'm well, off the subject. All right, well, let's let's wrap up the damn penalties. <laughs> let's wrap up uh, NFL talk playoffs. Who are you crossing off, pops? Uh, Tampa Bay. That seemed like the safest choice. There's so many teams I kind of wanted to wrap, wrap up. I'm take telling off, you, there's a bunch of teams but, I'm thinking about. But, but I mean, I, the, the Chargers, the Giants, Detroit, Arizona, I all thought about all of them. Cleveland. But, I, they, Cleveland, but they've got a chance still. So Tampa Bay seems like the safest safest one to me. Tell them. Uh, Dr. Lift took my pick. I'm going with the Chargers. I think they're done. Wow. Oakland okay. is a better team than they are right now. I think they're done. Ooh, that's tough. Y'all both took a team I've really been thinking about, and I can't decide if I want to do it or not, is the Browns. I just I don't do understand. It. They're so fickle. Do I was it. looking at Mike Clay from ESPN tweeted out the complete list of NFL teams that have yet to reach two passing touchdowns in at least one game this season. It's the Dolphins <laughs> and the Browns. If there's any category, any category that you and the Dolphins are the only team in that category. That's bad. I think, <laughs> I think I got to cross them off. The Browns, I'm crossing them off. They're going to end up All right. seven and nine. I think they'll win a couple of big games. They'll give us a little excitement, but they're kind of like the Bucks. They're just they're going to yeah. win some big games and lose a bunch of weird ones. Yeah, I wish okay. I wanted to talk about how how Odell Beckham is the biggest bust of all time. <laughs> he dropped three passes on Sunday that were just ridiculous. He had Odell Beckham right now to me is the biggest bust just about ever. Hmm. Um. I, since I mentioned that stat, I did. I didn't get to mention this one during the Cowboys one, and it's it's a really specific. Usually, I don't like these when they get real specific with the stats and stuff. But Bobby Belt, who covers the Cowboys, put NFL teams are ninety and one since nineteen ninety one when they win the time of possession, total yards, turnovers, pick up at least twenty five first downs, and convert at least ten or more third down attempts. The only loss in those ninety one games is Dallas to the winless Jets. <laughs> All right. <laughs> Speaking of, we, we mentioned teams. We mentioned teams that are not worried about the playoffs anymore. And another team that's not worried about the playoffs is the L.A. Dodgers. I know you probably didn't expect us to talk much baseball this week, but we got Tone here, and I just wanted to bring up: Is it not crazy? Clayton Kershaw is he not the best pitcher regular season wise? I mean, he is. Um, year in and year out, he's up there for Cy Young. I mean, he's really good, and it just seems like every year it's almost a joke, but it's not even funny anymore because it's true. He just blows it in the playoffs every year. For anybody who didn't see it, and and what was that game five? He comes in mm-hmm. in the seventh inning and he gets the last out, and then in the eighth inning they're down, they're up by two. One pitch, home run. The very next pitch, home run. Now the game's tied up, and he just looked completely defeated. There were shots of him on the bench, and and then after the game, he even said. I don't even know what to say. It's true. I can't win the big game. Like he looked so beat. And this is coming from the guy who is, if not the best, one of the best pitchers in the game. Tony, what what's going on? Yeah. So here's the thing. And I, I don't want to, I don't want to bash Clayton Kershaw, but uh, sometimes, and, and some of the things were saying, the same things had been said about Justin Verlander. And I don't think now you'd say that Justin Verlander is one of the right uh, pitchers out there that can't win the big game. Uh, he reinvented himself. I think Kershaw, 
is kind of at that same point. For the last two years, Kershaw hadn't been the Kershaw of the five years before. Right. He has had a drop off, but. Yeah. And baseball is a tough sport. I don't think people realize when you go out there and you're pitching, you know, 110, 100, 110 pitches a game for 33 games over a 162 game season, it gets really tough. And, and it's that same motion and, and it's a really tough game. And, and, but so Kershaw to his credit was out there in the seventh and then the eighth inning and put them in a position to win. I think that a lot of people have said that that's on Dave Roberts. I agree. Uh, a manager of a, of a, of a, Major League Baseball team really has the little decisions all of a sudden become big decisions. So here's a guy. If I'm on the bench there and I've got Clayton Kershaw on the mound and he's throwing well, shit, yeah, go out there and pitch another inning, big boy. But the play there statistically would have been in to, to bring the reliever and get him, and get Kershaw out. He did what you want him to do, get him out. And then Kershaw doesn't feel that pressure. Um, now, am I going to say Kershaw's you know not a big uh, a big game? Uh, pitcher certainly he could be he hasn't proven that to be the case Nolan Ryan sometimes had that early in his career that he just couldn't win the big game and then later in his career he he, he really sh- I think Kershaw has several years left for him uh, he's gonna have to reinvent himself gonna have to find another pitch because you know he's not 22 23 anymore but I, I blame Dave Roberts more than Kershaw in that situation of really not giving his pitcher an opportunity to be successful. Well, and the more I've read about people that are much smarter than me when it comes to baseball, is that was the case. It was more on Dave Roberts and it was all pretty much in agreement with you where something was clearly not there with Clayton Kershaw. It wasn't his velocity was not the same. And he got you out of that seventh. Why even bring him back for the eighth? Yeah, I mean, especially right. when you know the history with him. And so my other question I wanted to ask, and this is something me and Pops aren't as big of baseball guys, but this is just sports in general. Guys that you can remember watching that they just, for whatever reason, couldn't win the game. And do you think more often than not, they turn around? Like my first thought was, I remember Peyton Manning had that stigma forever because he couldn't beat the Patriots. He just never could. It would always be a snowy game in Foxborough and they would lose. But he eventually uh, got over that. Are there guys you can think of that just never were able to get over the whatever it was, the yips in the playoffs, like that are really good? Pops? You got anybody? Boy, I, you know, I, Tony Romo comes to mind. <laughs> I hate to say that, but I mean, you know, because I, I really like him. I think he was a great quarterback. But yeah, yeah, I didn't think it, about it, it probably because my, my heart wouldn't let me even entertain that thought. But yeah, I mean. But he he does kind of come to mind for me uh, in that regard. Tony, do you got you know, think of anybody? I was going to ask yeah. you all about one, but I want to see if one of y'all came up instead of first. Uh, and I don't know why now. I can't. It's, his name is forgetting my uh, slip in my mind. The Cleveland quarterback Bernie Kosar um, comes to mind. They had so oh, many Cleveland had some big games. horrendous. Yeah, and Bernie just could not. Just got some really bad luck and couldn't couldn't bring those things out. Um, yeah, would, I, would Dan Marino qualify? Ah. And, and Dan Marino had success his first two years, and then and then it was just went away. And that's the thing about sports. You never know when your time is. And uh, so many things have to be a factor uh, in the professional Well, it seems level. like this is kind uh, of a thing that ends uh, up having to be a, a – and another person I thought about, Dad, was Chris Paul. He never has been able to get over the big game. I, but, thought, about, I thought about Charles Barkley, you know, and, yeah. and I'm telling you, Barkley was one – for, for those of y'all that did not see that man play when he was in his prime, Barkley was a beast, yeah, an absolute beast. Hey. And you know, but I'm not an NBA a guy. Charles Barkley was fun to watch. What about um, Vince Carter? Did uh, he ever see, take a championship? No, he, he never, he did, never did, he? did. But the, the, see, that's why. And it, we mentioned some basketball, but in my head, this really goes more towards, and it's specifically to pitchers, quarterbacks, yeah. maybe golfers. It's something where 
you can really because on a, like on a Clayton Kershaw where he gives up two home runs, that's the pitcher doing it. When when Charles Barkley doesn't win, like Le- LeBron has lost some finals, but and w- I'm sure it's Charles Barkley's losses. There's some of those losses where he had 30 points and 15 rebounds. But when you see a pitcher straight up give up a bomb in the seventh inning, or you see Romo bobble the snap or throw the pick that loses the game, <laughs> it you know you can put more of the onus on that one player when the other one's kind of the team. But it, yeah. mm. I, I don't I don't know if a golfer really fits that. Is there any golfer that y'all can think of? I, I don't, you know, I Mickelson has not won like he should. I mean, yeah. Mickelson. I don't know, and I like him, but he, y'all don't. He's, y'all probably don't remember Tom Kite, uh, the golfer, but is famous for having a lead in a I forget which open it was, and he just got the yips. He he actually drove a ball thirty yards and duck hooked it into the crowd, <laughs> and he actually quit the next year. He just got the yips and was done. And uh, uh, I amazing. So Tom Kite from a golfing standpoint, that one. But um, do those guys almost need to change, like get a change of scenery, or can they overcome it? Like can Kershaw overcome it in LA? It's it's such a over. It's such a. It, I don't know if it's a narrative anymore because it seems true. But can you do it in LA? Like they're almost. It's almost seems like the Dodgers are waiting for this to happen now. Yeah. They've been the best team in the regular season the past, what, three years? Yeah, baseball is a funny sport about that because sometimes, especially for pitchers, a change of scenery can really make a difference. A Look at Verlander. Coach, yeah, a pitching coach can sometimes make all the difference in the world. You change a little bit of a, of a grip or an approach or an arm angle. Sometimes things figure they figure things out. And so in baseball, I would say, yeah, if Kershaw were to somehow get traded, get dealt out of L.A., I, I think there's a possibility for that. Um, and you see it with hitters, it's not so much because Bryce Harper, you know, in the Nationals, I think they should have won tonight or on their way to the World Series. They're up and, as of now as we're speaking. They're, they're Yeah, so, you know, uh, and, and that's without Bryce Harper, who everybody kind of thought the greatest player, best player of yeah. all time. And uh, when he was coming up, not, I'm not saying he's the greatest player of all time. Please don't take that quote. Um, but, um, uh, you know, I, I think that that – it's not as much, but you're, you're right, uh, Kevin. I, I think that when you look at quarterbacks and, and, and those frontline pitchers, you kind of start looking at the guy really when they get, Hey, I'll give you one. So here's a guy, baseball, Don Mattingly. So Don Mattingly is one of the greatest hitters of all time. One of the greatest Yankees of all time, but he hit it in a time when the Yankees were just not good <laughs> and they never could win the big game. Don Mattingly just never can win the big, even as a manager can't win the big game. No. I- well, okay. You mentioned the Yankees. That makes me my last baseball thought I had. Who does this? I don't. You won't know this, but why they scheduled the weirdest way? Like, so there's two. There's two four teams left in the playoffs. Two series, and they schedule both games for tonight. And they schedule the Yankees and Astros, which I, probably the two funnest teams to watch. They both hit the long ball. The Yankees are the Yankees. They're kind of like the Cowboys. I mean, you're gonna watch them because you either hate them or love them. The Astros are just fun to watch because they have an awesome lineup. And they scheduled that game for what four p.m. on a on a Tuesday? Like what? What the hell are you doing? This is your ALCS. That's like scheduling yeah. the AFC Championship for for Saturday at eleven. Well, I think that tells you where baseball is as far as uh, TV revenue. It, it's get really those both nice. on primetime. I don't understand. Yeah, I, and it's a Tuesday night. Who know? I guess is Dancing with the Stars on? I don't know. But <laughs> yeah, um, the voice or whatever. Well, yeah, we can't voice, take the voice so. spot. <laughs> Yeah, and and I think were they on TBS? I think, I think TBS, so. Yeah, both of them yeah. were on TBS. So you got TBS and Fox carrying them, and then until it gets to the World Series, I think 
uh, ESPN or NBC may pick them up. But um, as baseball from a TV viewership has really lost its pull, and uh, that's that's interesting. But that's what they do it for. It's just well, in the same way, Sunday night. So they they started the Yankees Astro game really late on Sunday, and then went to extra innings. You had to stay up till like midnight to watch that on yeah. Sunday night. I mean, yeah. I just there's so many scheduling issues. Baseball wonders why they fall behind. I think it's partly their fault. Like I know some of it's yeah. it's a slower game and you got to really be interested in all the intricacies of the game, but there's also they're not doing themselves any favors by scheduling this thing at 4 p.m. on a workday. Hey man, if I if I hadn't been invited to a podcast tonight, I'd probably be I would have watched the Astros and the Yankees. You know? <laughs> well, we're glad you're and that gets us talking to something else about watching sports and just watching TV in general. We dad me and dad talked about this a couple of weeks ago and we mentioned on last week's pod commercials. Usually we're in an era now where we we do streaming. We usually just skip the commercials or hit record so we can fast forward. <laughs> but every now and then you stumble across across a commercial that you just either love or hate or or for some reason it sticks with you. So pops, I want to start with you. What's a commercial you really like right now? Okay, just one. Okay, I'll just give you one. Well, I, mean, I really like. Feel, take the floor is yours. Well, you have I got it. one and roll it around because I got I, one. I hopefully, hopefully it's not I good. got one. I really like, and it's it's the Gordon Ramsay. Uh, ah! cocktail stick. It's like, <laughs> you know, it's like he comes, he goes, okay. well, great use of your talents uh, as a, you know, server at Sam's Wholesale Club or whatever, giving samples. And he goes, yeah, it's like getting AT&T without pairing it with, uh, with uh, an no, iPhone or whatever. With AT&T. And, and so the guy goes to grab and he goes, hands, no, it's not a buffet. Use the cocktail <laughs> stick. Use the cocktail yeah. stick. I love that commercial. That so, is my favorite yeah. commercial going on right that now. Is- that is my favorite as well. And I can just tell you that we're, again, if you didn't know, podcast fans, I was in Vegas this last weekend. If you have been, and I'm telling you, everywhere we went, wherever you left, restaurants, show or something, you could hear somebody say, use a cocktail stick. You <laughs> it's, know, not it's, a it's, it's not it's, a buffet. It's not a buffet. I'm telling you, this is the best thing since where's the beef. I'm just telling you, use a cocktail stick. Uh, just an awesome commercial. Okay, awesome one commercial. one commercial that it's stupid, but I can't help but like it. The whole the commercial, I guess AT and T is killing it right now because I got an AT and T one too. But the the boy band that doesn't dance. <laughs> that is something funny. about something about that. Are we supposed that, to be dancing? The, the, yeah, yeah. The dad is like, are we supposed to be dancing? He starts dancing, and then they're they're just in there singing. And then something about that song, it's a little bit catchy. I find myself after it plays going, summertime love, and then I start singing it. Lover, lover, summertime I, the commercial is just, it's pretty funny. I, I, I like that one. Well, can I tell you one that I just detest? Well, it's, I have one too that I detest. So. I, there's one I detest, and it's the Bud Light with the Bud Light Platinum. I mean, what the hell? <laughs> so they're trying to sneak out of the castle and diss Bud Light so they can go I with Bud Platinum. I mean, that's they're dissing their own product. It's just <laughs> the stupidest commercial ever. And I'm not a Bud Light drinker. I'm not I a Bud think, Platinum drinker, so I don't give a damn. But I what think happened it's with stupid. Bud Light? Is they hit the nail on the head with their? They hit a gold mine when they did the dilly dilly thing. Yeah, and that became yeah. like everyone, whether you were drinking Bud Light or not, you were saying dilly dilly, dilly while dilly. you were drinking. It just became a thing, and now they're trying to ride that wave, and I think they're just riding into the ground. It's terrible. They are. It's terrible. One uh, I don't Horrible. like. I don't understand it either. Is it's the iPhone 11 commercial where it's like there's like a dog taking a picture or taking a video, and it's like I don't understand what's going on. Like it's like for 30 seconds every time it comes on, I'm like. Huh? 
Is that supposed to be a beautiful dog? What the hell? I don't even know what's going on with that. I can't. I don't know. I can't tell. Every time I watch it, I'm like, what is actually, I don't know what's actually happening. And then there's another commercial with Subaru where they do, it's not even, a, like, Subaru doesn't advertise a car, doesn't advertise anything, but it's like, we're fans of the underdog. And it shows a bunch of dogs that are like rescue dogs without, one without a leg and one with a messed up face. Well, and they're no, all wait. cute looking. Yeah. Go and ahead. I, I, I think it's just Subaru playing on how much we love dogs, and it's smart by them because well, I love the Subaru, commercial. Isn't Subaru the one that does the ones with the dogs like driving, and they drive by and like like a human's barking at them or something like that? Oh, I think Subaru had. I, do they do that now? I, I remember Subaru doing. It something was with it dogs was a while before. back. It was a while yeah, back yeah. where they did the dogs driving. Now I thought that was that was reasonably well, cute. And I'm not saying this one with Subaru now is bad because it actually I watch it every single time because I'm you like, like oh, look at those look at those cute dogs even like even, they're cute in their own way like one's got like one's got a messed up face one's blind one's got no like three legs and it's just you're just like oh but and I think Subaru's just going we know how much these weirdos love their dogs they just love their dogs to pieces so we're just gonna play on their heartstrings well and, okay. And- I- I guess I have two more. I, like- I have two more shout outs to ones I like, and they'll go quick. I like Romo's Corona commercials. I just, I just like them. <laughs> Where he sits there and he goes, you know, he he's like, I can't remember what he says. He goes, "Oh, fooled you. I almost got you, didn't I? Never mind, or whatever." And I'm not doing it right, but I just love Romo's <laughs> Romo's Corona commercials. Those are good. And the Progressive Insurance, where it says. We can't make you not be like your parents, but we can insure you like your Those parents. Those are pretty good when they have like a guy acting like his parent when he's like yeah. 25. Yeah. You know where the one guy's like, take a selfie of me. And he's like, take a selfie of you? I mean, what are you talking about? So <laughs> that, that was a good one. That's those a are pretty, pretty good. good one. Yeah. Do you, like, are- do you like, speaking of insurance, do you like, I think it's Geico. That does, or is, it, is it Geico? The ones that do mayhem? Yeah. Yeah, those are pretty cool. Yeah, Allstate yeah. does mayhem. Allstate, Allstate, yeah. Oh, it's I, I it's Allstate. Like, well, sometimes yeah, they make me cringe because it does seem like, oh, that would be so awful. But they, so, I do kind of like them. So my favorite right now of the Allstate Mayhem commercials is the one where they're parking for the game. He says, hi, 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 I'm the parking attendant and you're I'm not paying attention, but I'm just watching. And he he takes the car and he backs it off over a <laughs> over a ledge. And the guy's just sitting there waving. Come on back. Come on back. <laughs> you had cheap car insurance. You wouldn't be insured for this. Let's use Allstate. And then, yeah. and then the other one is the guy going, "What? Hey, hey! I'm the guy that's robbing your, uh, that's stealing your car. What? Yeah, yeah he's like looking into the, the, the security camera, flag through it, and he runs over his motorcycle, runs over the motorcycle. The yeah, yeah, that's a pretty good one. <laughs> then there's the tailgater, tailgate, trying tailgate to get to his was, tailgate. Yeah, <laughs> and he's like running good. close. And then those I like are, the newer I, one, the new one where he's like, "I'm a cat who's been plotting secretly for 15 yeah. months on how I can destroy your home." <laughs> <laughs> because yeah. I, I, we, I've had Those a cat. I like cats are okay, but cats do kind of drive me crazy because they're just a mind of their own. They do like one minute they want to love you, the next they're like clawing at you. And I wouldn't be that shocked if a cat is always secretly the plotting on you to figure out how to screw up something. But I do, I like those commercials. Those are good. And then, yeah, that iPhone one, I just don't understand. I don't know what's happening. I always feel like I'm the idiot watching it, but I think it's just a bad commercial. Yeah, because yeah, the dog. Why? I mean, is it? It's a you know what? It's supposed to be a beautiful dog. Whatever. I don't know. Yeah, whatever. I don't. I don't, I don't know why a uh, gummy man. Has something to you don't have to watch commercials for. Terrible. And I'll do a quick uh, shameless plug just because I really like the show, and I don't know if you've seen the movie, but did y'all see the new Breaking Bad movie is out? I have not. Yeah, so it's out. Hadn't seen it. Okay, well, then we won't talk too much about it, but I just was going to see if y'all had seen it. That El Camino's out where it's like the story of Jesse Pinkman 
after Breaking Bad. So, so cool. is it? Have you seen it? Cool. It's good. Is it out yeah. in theaters? Well, okay, it's not like the best movie Netflix. ever, but as a Breaking Bad fan, you know, it was fun. It, like there were some flashbacks, you know, you relive some memory. It was it was two hours worth worth spending. Okay, I have to watch it for sure. I mean, the Razorbacks stink. We don't have to touch on that. Nah, we don't have to talk about them. Nope, I just rather not talk about them. So we can skip that. All right, well that will do it for another week of the Just Press Play podcast. We really appreciate Uncle Tone popping on with us and talking some NFL, some baseball, some commercials, just a little bit of everything. And of course, we always appreciate me and Pops coming on. LJ will be back again next week, and we'll we'll hit it all. We'll we'll touch on a little bit of everything. But if you want to catch up on any of the show notes or anything else we're doing, you can head over to our website. That's at jpppod.com or find us on Facebook or Twitter. And as always, make sure you find us over on the Apple Podcast. Leave us a review. You know, subscribe. If you if you already subscribe, you can unsubscribe and resubscribe. That doesn't hurt. And uh, that'll do it for another week. So uh, for the JPP Pod, for LJ, for Pops, for Uncle Tone, peace out. Thanks for letting peace. me on, boys. Had a great time. See you later. Go Eagles. She's a dime. Cute face, little waist with a big behind. She's a dime. That's the top of the line. Cute face, little waist with a big behind. She's a dime. That's the top of the line.